Welcome to Vitality Mindset Made Simple. The following production is for educational and entertainment purposes only. If you need medical advice, please call your doctor. And now, let's get on with the show. Welcome to Vitality Mindset Made Simple, where we take the stress out of being healthy. I'm your host, Dr. Debbie Osment, and I sincerely thank you for joining me. Now, last week in episode 36, I started this party talking about nitric oxide and how some common things such as mouthwash can actually zap your body's production of this vitality enhancing molecule. As I was digging deeper into this subject, there's more information that I think you're going going to enjoy. Now, I'm talking about nitric oxide, not nitrous oxide, the laughing gas you get at the dentist. So I want to make that really clear up front. Nitric oxide is a tiny molecule that impacts all areas of your vitality. I mean, everything, including energy, blood pressure, diabetes, immunity, sexual function, and and also brain function. So in today's episode, we're going to talk about some other ways that you can boost your body's production of this miracle molecule called nitric oxide. Now, this is information you're going to want. Nitric oxide is a vital molecule produced in the body uh, that impacts most areas of health and vitality. But unfortunately, that production mechanism is age-related. You know, dang it. Um, So just when you're starting to appreciate this essential molecule, it starts to decline. In fact, we lose an average of of about 10 to 12 percent each decade starting at 30. So so do those calculations. You know, yikes, it's pretty, it's pretty scary. So the, the most important function of nitric oxide is vasodilation, meaning that it relaxes the inner lining of blood vessels, which causes them to widen and increases circulation. So you can see why it's so important for energy, for blood pressure, for sexuality, for diabetes, for immunity, and and for your brain to function optimally. Now, it's essential for overall health because that also allows you know, nutrients and oxygen to travel to every part of the body uh, effectively and efficiently. It's a neurotransmitter. Uh, it's essential for central, the central nervous system uh, for the brain. And, and as I said, it's part of the immune system to help fight off invading pathogens. So when you lose your ability to make this critical molecule, lots of things can go wrong. Your blood pressure can go up. You can lose regulation of blood flow uh, and develop problems such as, you know, memory loss, erectile dysfunction. You can become immunocompromised because Uh, the immune system needs nitric oxide to help fight off pathogens, you know, whether they're bacteria, viruses, fungal infections, you know, all those bugs. 
Now, unfortunately, uh, you can't go to your physician and get a standardized lab test for it. Uh, you can't go in and say, hey, doctor, please test my nitric oxide. But it, even if they could diagnose a deficiency, there is no standardized pharmaceutical drug therapy that corrects the deficiency. But fortunately, on the other side of that coin, there are many ways to increase nitric oxide naturally, no matter how old you are. And of course, when you help your body function better, that's always the best way for everything. You know, nitric oxide um, cannot be stored in the body. So you have to be diligent about keeping your supply uh, in tip-top shape. So there, there are, as I talked about last week, there are salivary test strips that have been developed to test it at home. And it's super easy. You just, you know, spit a little saliva out on your finger, dip the test strip in it, and then it changes color to let you know if you're producing sufficient nitric oxide. Now, these test strips are, um, they're very easy. They're very efficient. And you can know immediately if you're deficient. But the problem is this the test strips don't tell you why you're deficient. So you have to kind of figure that out for yourself. You have to look at your body as a whole and as, and as your symptoms being connected. You know, there's there's not, um, we, we don't silo in our body. Like in, like in business, there's the problem of the silo effect where there's all these different departments and nobody's talking to each other. And we can easily do that with the body, but we don't want to do that. We want to look at everything as connected and look at the body as a whole. And so with these test strips, there's no false negatives, but there can be false positives. So say that you're having blood pressure problems or you're having uh, any kind of blood flow problem and you use a test strip and you get a a dark pink reading or whatever color of test strip you're using. Mine show it as dark pink. Um, but you're saying, I'm kind of sick, and this doesn't make sense. There are things that can give you false positives. So say you have an active oral infection. If you have gum disease, if you have periodontal disease, um, if your gums are bleeding at all, then you have an infection. And it can cause the test strip to look like you have plenty of nitric oxide. It can look like you have ample nitric oxide on the test strip because your immune system is being activated trying to deal with your oral infection. So in this instance, you know, the clinical symptoms can actually outweigh the biochemical test. That's why it's so important to look at your body as a whole. Um, that local Im immune response does not always reflect the systemic level of nitric oxide and say, you know, it's bio bioavailability for blood pressure control. So that's just um, one more reason why it's essential to find an excellent dentist with an excellent dental hygienist who will accurately uh, diagnose early gum disease, someone who will speak speak honestly to you and let you know that it matters. I talk all the time about how much it matters with, you know, diabetes and heart disease and, you know, blah, 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 on and on. But I am just learning that it really matters for nitric oxide, for blood pressure. This is really, really, really important for a myriad of reasons. And, and I'll be expanding on this later because I, I was so 
uh, amazed at what what I'm learning from Dr. Nathan Bryan's book. So, so last week we talked about the importance of minimizing antimicrobial mouthwashes uh, because they obliterate the good bacteria in your mouth. They kill bad bacteria, but they also kill good bacteria. So we talked last week, the good bacteria in your mouth help generate this essential molecule nitric oxide. So in today's episode, I want to talk about other ways that you can generate more nitric oxide. So before we start, of course, smoking decreases nitric oxide, eating an inflammatory diet, uh, processed foods that are high in, you know, fat, salt, and sugar decrease nitric oxide. Uh, Think about processed foods as anything with a long expiration date. That's probably, you know, very sure, surely uh, decreasing your nitric oxide oxide production. A sedentary lifestyle uh, will slow it down. Um, if you're using uh, a lot of antibiotics, overusing antibiotics, that will decrease nitric oxide production. Uh, and Antacids like protein pump inhibitors also decrease it. You know, uh, so many of the things that are standard cardiovascular risk factors also lead to a decrease of nitric oxide. Um, So we know that it decreases with age, but fortunately, our bodies have been designed with a redundancy pathway. Uh, This means that we can generate more nitric oxide no matter what age we are or what our current health status is. Um, Now, this redundancy pathway for generating more is by eating more plant foods. You know, we know that plant-based diets are great for gut health. We know they're great for weight maintenance. um, And we know they're also good for the heart, you know, on and on. And I'm not saying a strictly plant-based diet, but more plants. I mean, there's a reason that um, society has sort of adopted eating a salad first. I mean, plants help give us digestive enzymes. They help get our bodies ready to digest the proteins from meats and other foods. You know, life started in a garden and our bodies by design need more plant food. So uh, you want, if you want more nitric oxide, you need to eat more plants. These are things like green leafy vegetables, kale, broccoli, celery, and beets. Beets are a really great way to get nitric oxide. I used to think beets were so gross that they tasted like dirt, but maybe it's an acquired taste, or maybe I just enjoy the nitric oxide effects that I get. But um, but try beets in, in different ways, because they're really packed with things that will give you more vitality. Some specific things need to happen in order for you to maximize this nitric oxide production from the plants you eat. Now, the soil that the that the plants are grown in has to be rich in nitrate. Now, interestingly, the amount of nitrate in green leafy vegetables and and with beets any any food any vegetable is highly dependent on the amount of nitrate in the soil and it can vary a whole lot depending on the region of the country uh, that you live in and whether the vegetables were grown conventionally 
or organically. So if you buy celery or kale or broccoli grown in Oklahoma where I live uh, versus buying, you know, celery, kale or broccoli grown in California or Mexico, there can be as much as a 100 fold difference in the amount of nitrate in that vegetable. So it's the farming practices, you know, it's, it's the amount of nitrogen in the soil, it's the time of harvest. Uh, There's a lot of different variables, you know, uh, but a big variable is whether or not that food was grown uh, conventionally or organically. So this actually blew my mind. I mean, my next statements will probably surprise you as much as this information surprised me. And we all know that organically grown vegetables are better and that they are uh, better in tons of ways because they're free of pesticides. They're free of herbicides. All that is excellent. We live in um, an environment with a whole lot of Uh, new things that our bodies have to process. And so when we can decrease those, it's a good thing. But unfortunately, to get that organic label, there are restrictions on the nitrogen-based fertilizers that can be put into the soil. And at this point in time, uh, there's no standardization of the nitrogen content of the soil. So if the soil becomes depleted in nitrogen, then there is going to, you know, necessarily be less nitrogen for the plant to take up. And then there's less nitrate in the vegetable that was grown there. So, so while organic is good, um, and is eliminating some of the bad things, organic is not good in terms of getting sufficient nitrate to use, um, to fuel this nitric oxide pathway. Researchers in this area have found that organic vegetables can have up to one-tenth of the nitrogen compared to conventionally grown vegetables. Now, I want to make it very clear that this doesn't have to happen. When organic farmers are using compost or manure uh, and they're replenishing the soil, there can be ample nitrogen in the soil, but it has to be incorporated by natural means rather than nitrogen Um, enriched fertilizers. So the plants take good things out of the soil and the soil can get depleted of those good things, including um, nitrogen. So now this is an area I'm really very interested in. Um, We're, we're gardeners, we're, you know, very much gardeners want to be, and it's another area of microbiology, Um, but there's still so much more to learn. Another important area that I think you all would want to know is that many other nutrients, you know, micronutrients and vitamins that are also assimilated into vegetables from the soil require nitrogen. So therefore, if the soil is deficient, then other trace minerals can't be produced. I mean, things like chromium, you know, manganese, magnesium, really essential things. So the nutrient density decreases, uh, much when vegetables are grown in a um, soil deficient in nitrogen. So apparently there's a very high variability in the vegetables we eat and there's just no standardization. I want to, you know, thank Dr. Dr. Brian for his great book. I recommend it. It's called Functional Nitric Oxide Nutrition um, by Nathan Bryan. 
PhD. He's really done a lot of research and he has just common sense suggestions that we can use to increase uh, nitric oxide. So what happens when you eat vegetables that are loaded with this essential um, nitrate? Uh, How does the body convert it into nitric oxide? You know, we all want to have more vitality. We want to run faster. We want to jump higher. We want to have more energy for relationships. We want to fuel these relationship vehicles with what what they were designed to use so that we can feel better. Um, Now, we humans cannot convert this nitrate into nitric oxide on our own. We don't have the genetic uh, capacity. We don't have the enzymatic capacity for this conversion. It is 100% dependent on the bacteria in our bodies. And interestingly or fascinating to me, it's primarily oral bacteria. I mean, woohoo, it always comes back to oral bacteria. Um, And it's also dependent on some gut bacteria. But here we are again, you know, um, my quote is vitality begins in the gut, but the gut begins in the mouth. And it's so, so true. So now we're back to some of last week's information, Um, you know, about Two out of three people use an antiseptic mouthwash uh, every morning because they believe it will solve their bad breath problem. So while it's with good intentions, that antiseptic mouthwash is killing uh, the, the good bacteria along with the bad bacteria. And then couple that with, you know, the fact that over 50% of Americans have high blood pressure. Um, that's really, this is really important information because I've seen in my practice so often I see people that think their high blood pressure is just normal because so many people have high blood pressure. Uh, in fact, high blood pressure is the number one modifiable risk factor for heart disease. And, you know, heart disease kills more people in the United States than any other one thing. And so, so now we've learned from all of this that adequate nitric oxide is essential for optimal blood pressure. So um, <clears throat> so when you use antiseptic mouthwash, you know, your blood pressure goes up because you're just not producing as much nitric oxide. And this has actually spurred studies to look objectively at the oral microbiome and systemic blood flow related to blood pressure regulation. It's really a pretty easy test and it's fun to read those studies because they would just have people, they would know how much mouthwash people were using and they would monitor their blood pressure. So you, you can test this yourself. I mean, you can take your own blood pressure when using an antiseptic mouthwash or not using one. I mean, test it. If you want to do a test yourself, test it for about a month and just see what you get. You can also, you know, use those nitric oxide indicator strips to see how your uh, nitric oxide levels are going. Because, you know, your vitality depends on your body's ability to make adequate nitric oxide. And your relationships are always impacted by your vitality. Now, uh, one one thing that Dr. Brian said um, 
is that you can actually lose the vascular benefits of exercise by using mouthwash. Wow. Lots of people are working out. They're going to the mouthwash all the time. Everybody's, you know, using it right now, especially because of, of um, our our viral problems. So, so this is probably one of the big variables in lowering blood pressure that's commonly overlooked. You, you want to obviously keep your mouth clean. You want to be brushing thoroughly. You want to be flossing, um, as thoroughly as possible. You want to be using the interdental brush picks. I like those for removing that biofilm. And, uh, you want to also brush your tongue or use a tongue scraper. The place the location of the bacteria that work to make this nitric oxide are at the back of your tongue. So kind of at the place where you gag yourself, basically, is where you need to clean to keep um, the bad bacteria gone. In terms of increasing nitric oxide production, be sure to use a toothpaste without fluoride because fluoride is an antiseptic antimicrobial. On Go to my website, uh, com, and you'll find a, f- a short oral hygiene video. Um, it doesn't have to be complicated. Keeping your mouth clean doesn't have to be difficult. Um, I think you'll be really surprised. There's things you can do to really uh, increase your vitality with simple oral hygiene procedures. So bottom line today, nitric oxide is essential for vitality. Your level of nitric oxide is very predictive of your vascular age. You know, we talk about lifespan. We talk about health span. We talk about vitality span. And, And vitality span and health span depend on your vascular age. That's the age of this 30,000 miles of blood vessels in your body. You can be 50 years old and have a vascular age of someone 35, or, you know, it can be the other way around. You can be 35 and have a vascular age of someone 70. It depends what on what you're doing. You know, unfortunately, the average person has a vascular age much older than their chronological age. Now, this is so normal in our world, but you know, we, you know, we think about normal here. Normal is defined as the standard or the typical pattern. It has nothing to do with good. It has nothing to do with optimal. It's just sort of the average. And, you know, consider normal in our world. It's dehydrated. It's irritated, constipated, frustrated. Normal is overscheduled, overstimulated, undernourished, underrested, inflamed, and totally stressed out. Uh, The normal person is very likely low on nitric oxide and unable to perform to their full potential. Now, we have to develop this vitality mindset uh, that empowers us to recognize areas in life that need mid-course corrections. And to find, you know, stress-free, low-stress ways to make these mid-course corrections. Uh, You know, we want to deviate from normal. We want to deviate from average. Uh, The health benefits of nitric oxide are undisputed. Uh, If you listened to the last podcast, you know that it was voted Molecule of the Year back in 1992. I mean, how many molecules do you know that have won Molecule of the Year? 
That's the only one I know. But so I recommend uh, Dr. Nathan Bryan's book, Functional Oxide Nutrition. I have a signed copy. It's excellent. It's very well written. He is uh, really committed his life to furthering this research and giving people very uh, actionable steps to increasing this essential molecule. So I thank you for joining me uh, for episode 37 of Vitality Mindset Made Simple, uh, where we're taking the stress out of being healthy together. And we're now in 306 cities and 34 countries. Oh my gosh, thanks to you. Thanks to you. And I really appreciate it. Please keep sharing and keep subscribing and keep listening. Blessings until next time.